Hi everyone, I'm Asha, an Akashic Records reader, blogger and podcaster. In this series, we will demystify the Akashic Records by bringing to you bite-sized contents on frequently asked questions relating to the Akashic Records. We will also explore topics relating to spirituality, as well as practical application, learnings and reflections in the Akashic Records. My Akashic Masters are very excited to join us in this journey. We send much love, light and blessings to all. Welcome to episode 25 on Courage, Standing Up for Myself. I used to be very afraid of standing up for myself. When I was growing up, as far as I could recall, I never really dared to stand up for myself. I didn't dare to share publicly my thoughts, emotions and feelings. I kept them all within me, like a private chamber, hidden and unknown to everyone else. Part 1. Recalling my primary school memories When I was in primary school, my dad decided to quit his well-paying job and made his foray into setting up a hardware shop in a heartland area. This particular time period is deeply etched in my memory because it was during this period when I was struggling very badly in school. So badly that I even harbored suicidal thoughts. As children, we had to switch schools and adjust to a completely different environment so that we can shuttle to and from school, shop and home in a coordinated manner. My life was completely disrupted. I was so messed up every day that I was unable to do my homework, bring the right books or musical instrument, or stop lending myself into the bad books of my teachers. I was literally blacklisted by the teachers, the chosen one for disciplinary action, which includes frequent scolding, caning, standing outside the classroom or principal's office, or exclusive meet-my-dad session after class, which was akin to an open invitation to my dad to whack me after that. For three years of my life, I was deeply ashamed of myself. I never found the courage to speak up for myself or even defend myself. I accepted all physical and verbal abuse that came my way and took on the belief that I deserve all these abuse. That no matter what, I should have done my homework, brought the right books, done A to Z, and therefore failing which, I deserve to be punished. Back then, nobody including myself bothered to understand why. Why was I unable to do all that a proper and well-behaving student would do. To be honest, nobody cared. It was my first and lasting taste of the real world, the transactional world that we operate in, whereby love, trust and respect are conditional upon socially accepted right behaviour and actions. 
I closed myself up like a clam. I literally had no friends. I was so unpopular that my form teacher had to assign me a friend to work on a combined project together and hopefully influence me for the better. I was so traumatized that I couldn't trust anyone. I would hide in the library during break time as it was the only safe and non-judgmental space that I could find in the entire school. There I discovered my safe heaven and my love for books blossomed. For the next two years of my life, I found much needed stability and confidence in my life. My dad made the best decision ever to relocate our home to somewhere fairly close to the shop and school so that we could head home after school to study. What a luxury! By then, I was already assigned to the last class of my stream. It wasn't too late. I slowly crawled my way up academically. Along the way, I developed this unwavering determination to succeed academically and in life. Part 2. Positive Spillovers from My Primary School Experience I went on to study at a neighborhood secondary school right next to my home. It was an interesting experience, as the cool kids were those who didn't do their homework, were chased out of the classroom, caught in fights, and made their teachers angry. What a sharp contrast! And did I regret landing myself there? Not at all. It was on hindsight the best few years of my schooling life. As a late bloomer, I grew tremendously in all aspects of my life, from academic results to self-confidence and self-acceptance. I slowly found the confidence to speak up for myself and defend myself. One day, my dad launched his usual barrage of vulgarities upon me associated with women's private parts. That fateful day, I finally couldn't take it and argue back. Why do you always hold vulgarities at me associated with women's private parts? Why don't you hold vulgarities at brother associated with men's private parts? Isn't it unfair? Oh my God, did I just say that? Was that courage? All I knew was my dad reacted as if he was struck by thunderbolt. Radio silence for the next few seconds. From that moment onwards, while he continued using vulgarities, he stopped all references to women's private parts for those men for me. Part 3. Working Life My Self-Perceived Status as a Doormat Fast forward to working life, I graduated with a law degree and started working as a trainee and later an associate at a law firm. Due to my experiences growing up in a humble background, I didn't realize that deep within, the inferiority complex stayed. On the positive side, it often fuels my motivation to succeed in life. 
On the negative side, it gave permission to others, knowingly or unknowingly, to treat me badly at work. As associates, we often joke that lawyers look glamorous and powerful on the outside, but the reality begins behind closed doors, where we will literally be treated like doormats, stepped upon, insulted, and made to endure long working hours as if we sold our souls to the law firm. It is the default working culture in most law firms. Again, I found myself at the receiving end of verbal abuse that questioned my self-worth, self-confidence, and self-acceptance. Yet again, I was unable to speak up for myself or defend myself, as I was too fearful of being dismissed. I needed the job badly because I took on the belief that I was unworthy. Hence, my self-worth was dependent upon my success at my job. I desperately wanted to succeed at work because on a deeper level, I wanted to prove to my dad and all others who looked down upon me in the past that I could succeed in life. On one incident, a VIP's son was interning at the law firm. My boss summoned me into his room where the VIP's son was sitting there and started scolding me over various work matters which really weren't that bad till the boy burst into laughter. It seemed like an excuse to showcase his excellent skills at verbal abuse. On another incident, my boss and I joined in a lunch with a group of interns and lawyers, and he declared publicly that he only chose associates who live in housing flats because they are too hungry to learn. As the only associate under his charge then, everybody naturally shifted their gaze towards me. It was not a comfortable experience. Part 4. What was my lesson here? Do I simply blame my boss for being an evil person? Or was there anything I could have done to help myself? According to my master's, the lesson that I needed to learn here was to utilize my courage to speak up for myself. That in itself requires me to shed away all and force limiting beliefs surrounding my unworthiness and inability to receive love, trust, and respect from others. From the first incident, it showed that my boss was very much capable of adjusting his treatment accordingly for each individual. It was not as if he was sorely lacking in self-awareness. In fact, he was very much in control of his thoughts, emotions and feelings. His actions towards me were a deliberate exercise of his choice. Similarly, I could have chosen to speak up for myself and defend myself if I felt that what he said was inappropriate or untrue. 
I do not need to give in to his harmful actions by apologizing for everything I do, even when it is not wrong. As for my fear of being dismissed for speaking up, release that. Trust that the masters are watching over every precious child of theirs, and whatever unfolds will be aligned to every child's highest good, be it the perfect lesson at that moment or the perfect unfolding process. Most importantly, the lessons of the past molded you to be the person you are today. For that, give thanks. On the last part, Masters, would you like to share anything with everyone here? Dear children, do not fear all difficult or painful experiences that you have experienced or are experiencing now. We are around with you, each one of you ready to guide and show you the lessons so that we can all grow, heal and transform on our soul's journey. Do not be afraid of exercising your choice. Always remember that it is your sacred and divine power to choose. You will be protected for standing and walking in the light. And so it is, blessings be to all. Asha and Akashic Masters. If you would like to experience deep clarity and healing to issues that affected you badly, you are welcome to explore either a general or themed Akashic Light reading and healing session with me. I will be working with your Akashic Masters to channel the higher messages meant for you. We are empowered to heal and release. Check out my website for more details. Thank you for tuning in to this podcast. If you would like to read about my dialogues and reflections with the Akashic Masters, you can visit my free blog at asha-akashicrecords.com. Till next time, take care.